Shalom everyone. Today's chapter is from the book of Shoftim, chapter 14. And it's the second one out of four in the story of Shimshon, Samson. Yesterday we had Shimshon's miraculous birth story, setting out of his destiny. Today's chapter begins with Shimshon taking a liking to a Philistine woman who he tells his parents he wants to marry. We then have a strange caveat within the text. His father and mother did not realise that this was the Lord's doing. He was seeking a pretext against the Philistines, for the Philistines were ruling over Israel at that time. In other words, what Shimshon assumes are his own deepest feelings, love for a woman, are actually being directed by God. We then have a famous story of Shimshon killing a lion. And when he returns to the same spot a year later, he sees that bees have generated honey from within the carcass, which leads him to present a riddle to the Philistines during his wedding feast. The Philistines only get the answer by coercing Shimshon's new wife to tell them. He is thus betrayed, not for the last time, by a woman who he cares for. Even worse, she's given to someone else to wed afterwards. Three important Israeli Jewish thinkers, political leaders, have referred to Shimshon in their writings, and I thought it'd be interesting to explore their analysis of the character. One of the most important pre-state thinkers and writers in the Zionist movement was Vladimir Jabotinsky, the leader of the revisionist movement, which much later became the Likud party. Although wiser people than me would have a lot to say about the differences between Jabotinsky and today's Likud. But in 1927, Jabotinsky wrote a book about Samson, which is an attempt to give a political angle by viewing the story through the lens of a people under occupation for 40 years. In his book, the Israelites live from hand to mouth, having been robbed, as Jabotinsky describes it, of their land, their speech, their customs, their art, their gods, finally, even of the will to live their lives in their own way. The farewell message Samson gives to his people, in Jabotinsky's words, include two core things. Tell them two things in my name, two words. The first word is iron. They must get iron. They must give everything they have for iron. Their silver and wheat, oil and wine and flocks, even their wives and daughters, all for iron. There's nothing in the world more valuable than iron. Jabotinsky's comments about iron seem strange. But in Shmuel, chapter 13, verse 9, we learn the situation under Philistine rule. No smith was to be found in all the land of Israel, for the Philistines were afraid that the Hebrews would make swords or spears. In other words, if the Israelites want political independence, they need military and technological prowess. Perhaps today we might call this maintaining a qualitative military edge. The Shimshon of Jabotinsky's novel continues. The second word they will not understand yet, but they must learn to understand it. The second word is this, a king. Say to Dan, Benjamin, Judah, Ephraim, a king. A man will give them the signal and all of a sudden thousands will lift up their hands. So it is with the Philistines, and therefore the Philistines are lords of Canaan. Said from Sor'ah to Hebron and Shechem, and farther even to Endor and Laish, a king. 
The revisionist leader realizes without some sort of centralized, unified leadership, the Israelites were destined to continue to live under foreign rule. The second person to analyze Shimshon is my favorite Israeli author, David Grossman, who seeks to provide who seeks to provide a psychological perspective to this hero. Grossman sees Shimshon as a tragic figure. He saves Israel, but he, he never finds love or even perhaps understanding. He never feels at home in the world. As Grossman writes, this is the story of a man whose life was a never ending struggle to accommodate himself to the powerful destiny imposed upon him, a destiny he was never able to realize, nor apparently fully to understand. It's the story of a child who was born a stranger to his father and mother. The story of a magnificent strong man who ceaselessly yearned to win his parents' love, therefore love in general, which in the end he never received. Grossman discusses the fact that it's God who caused Shimshon to fall in love with this woman. A sad possibility becomes apparent that the hero of our story is a man who does not know and perhaps will never really understand that God, even before his birth, has nationalized his desires, his love, his entire emotional life. Crossman also comments on the tension between Shimshon's physical strength and his seeming emotional weakness, drawing a parallel to contemporary Israel. To this may be added the well-known Israeli feeling in the face of any threat that comes along, that the country's security is crumbling a feeling that also exists in the case of Samson, who in certain situations seems to, seems to shatter into pieces, his strength vanishing in the blink of an eye. This kind of collapse, however, does not reflect one's actual strength and often carries in its wake an overblown display of force, further complicating the situation. All of this attests, it would seem, to a rather feeble sense of ownership of the power that's been attained and of course, to a deep existential insecurity. Grossman then digs deeper into contemporary Israel's feeling of insecurity. This is connected without a doubt to the very real dangers lying in wait for Israel, but also to the tragic formative experience of being a stranger in the world, in the Jewish sense of not being a nation like other nations and of the state of Israel as a country whose very existence is conditional, whose future is in doubt and steeped in jeopardy, a feeling that all the nuclear bombs that Israel developed in a program once known as the Samson option cannot eradicate. This feeling of existential insecurity isn't new. It's been part of the state for decades. And this connects to the third individual who mentioned Samson, namely Levi Eshkol, Israel's second prime minister, who once described the country as Shimshon de Nebuchadnezzar, Samson the weakling. What he meant was that despite Israel's supreme strength, there remains a gnawing sense of insecurity. Wishing everyone a Shabbat Shalom.